Hi everyone, welcome. This is Light and Life. I'm Ifeoluwa Abigunde. May 23rd, 2021 is another Sunday. And to the glory of God, if this is your first time of listening to this podcast, you're welcome. This is where you will have the Nigerian Baptist Sunday School lessons ahead of Sunday. And I'm encouraging you, don't be restricted by the denominational source of this message. It's God's word. Keep listening and keep forwarding. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Our lesson continues for this month as we take lessons on courageous prophet of change. For Sunday, what we have as a focus is Ezekiel, streets preacher to the Elzai. Ezekiel, streets preacher to the Elzais. That is taken from the book of Ezekiel chapter 18 verses 1 to 9. And a continuation from verses 30 to 32. Quickly before we take our golden text, a story is made clear to us as we begin this lesson. And I want us to also have this at the back of our mind that the whole lesson that will be the whole lesson is a focus around the story. And I don't want us to forget the story. And I want us to just ruminate on it as we continue in the course of that lesson. There is a poor man. Who, when he was splitting the wood, was actually shouting out the name of a person. And he was shouting out this name three times. And the name was Adam, Adam, Adam. And then, while he was saying this, a very rich person who happens to be a chief was listening. And then he asked, why do you keep on saying Adam? Why do you call out this name? And this poor man responded to this to this rich chief by saying, Adam is while I am suffering. Adam is why I am like this. And to make it clear to you, the Adam in reference is the same Adam you and I might have heard about. And that same Adam is the first man in creation. Whom while he sinned against God, was sent out of the Garden of Eden. And the Lord put up the consequence for the sins he committed against him. And it was after this whole thing, the man, the rich chief said to this poor man, he said, come with me and I will look on to a way of alleviating your suffering. And he took this man in, took him in and he was so lucky that this rich chief, his wives, his children, everyone loved this poor man. But there was a time this rich chief was to travel and he was making sure to to put up a warning to this poor man that see this cup that i place at this corner as as i made it a covered as i bent it as i covered it ensure it's like that till i come and ensure you do not open nor allow anything happen to it but after the rich man left the wives and uh, the wives particularly were encouraging this poor man Telling him that maybe why you could get out of your poverty is this covered cup. And why don't you open the cup and see maybe the solution around your poverty would be would be made available. And this was how the man too, forgetting the instruction that was put forward to him by the rich man before he leaves, before he left, forgetting, I beg your pardon, forgetting that he decided to also open the cup. And while he did that, 
what he saw was just a fly in the cup that was covered and the fly started flying he was trying all best to pick the fly but he couldn't he ended up killing the fly in the process and this was not long that the rich man came and when he came he was so obvious already that the cup has been opened and the fly is a dead one and it was clear that the instruction that was given was not addressed to and this rich man said to him you see now that the problem you have the reason why you are poor is not as a result of Adam. It's as simple as what you can see from this instruction I give to you. To obey. But you feel not to. Meaning that you are the cause of your problem. And this becomes a final proof that he is not to blame anyone. As this man was trying to blame it at. And I was expecting much to while maybe my poverty will be out. And you didn't tell me how more about it. Okay. It was an excuse around the fact that it was your wife that was asking me to open it up. Maybe I wouldn't have if they didn't ask me. But this rich man makes it clear that he has nothing to put up as an excuse. Our lesson also opened our eyes to the similar case of what it is with the children of Israel. And as they were in Hezar, they were out of Jerusalem. And they were in Hezar for a very long time. The people too were looking at the consequences of the reason why they were faced with the challenge has a reason behind the sins of their forefather. And they were pointing at quizzing fingers, believing that it was their father that made it that way for God to be giving them the punishment they are faced with. Ezekiel was raised as a prophet that time, preaching all around, making clear to the people that they need to repent and face the consequences of a sin that they might be faced with as it is of their sin and no other person. Are you living today also believing that while you were faced with one challenges or the other, one experiences of suffering was because somebody out there is the cause. Or maybe you are tying it down to your foundation, your background, or you take it up as just because you were not fortunate enough around life. Is that the reason? Have you been able to evaluate your life well to know that you are not a causating factor for what might be your experience. This is what the lesson is doing for us today. And I pray that the Lord will minister more to our hearts in Jesus' name. Quickly to our golden text, which is taken from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verses 4. It reads us, For every living soul belongs to me. The Father as well as the Son, both alike belong to me. The soul who sins is the one who will die. Let us pray. Father, we bless you because your word again is coming to us today. Purposely that we may see a need to be accountable to our life and a need to know the position of our working with you. That we may appropriate things to enjoy you better. We pray that this word will bless our life and we will see reasons to act as you want of us in Jesus' name. Amen. The first part of our lessons is reversal of an old proverb. Reversa of an old proverb. A common proverb that we have we been, or some of us may not be, but as recorded in the Bible, is from the book of Exodus chapter 34, verses 7, which makes reference to the fact that for as many whom choose not to follow the way of the Lord, who sins against the Lord, 
There is no excuse for youth. The Lord is ready to lay sins of parents upon the children and grandchildren, even ensuring that these consequences goes from the third generation to the fourth generation. This was what it was as the mind of God for consequences for sin. And as grieve as it is, as devastating as it is. And this the Lord did to make clear that he frowns at iniquity, he frowns at our disobedience to his injunction. And this the Lord put up for the children of Israel. But the lines went on, generations were moving. But instead of the, the, the people to continue either upholding the way of the Lord or desist from sin, they didn't. And then the whole experience of Ezra were what the children of Israel have to face at some point, even in another generation. But the word of the Lord is coming out through Ezekiel to the people to pointly make clear why that was what it used to be and why God in mercy is trying to make clear again a new mind of him to the people such that even in the position they have, they could enjoy God better and they could live right. And the reversal is the fact that from verses 2, that he who sinned would face the consequences of his sin. No longer would the proverb continue that the children, the father had eaten the grape and the teeth of the children had been put at edge. No longer would that continue. And the Lord is saying that a righteous man who, feel, who, who is not found one thing with any form of sin wouldn't have any reasons to be faced with uh, consequences of anything as punishment for sin because he is not guilty. But if, he is de- if a man is definitely found wanting, he will be faced with it. And this becomes the summary of what God is trying to explain here, that each and every one of us individually will be accountable for our sin. Are you living today? And like I've said earlier, are you faced with one thing? And the only thing you can put around it is the excuse of who or what might have been the cause. And you are not nailing it to yourself. You've not been able to assess your ways. The word of the Lord is saying today that a reversal of whatever it is that may be the, the, the order of things is coming to he, is coming to she, is coming to us all as children of God. If we can maintain the standard of God, if we can stay in obedience to the way of the Lord, that we will not face the consequences of the sin of another. We will not, the, the, the cause of the sin of another one will not be paid upon us. But we will be found one day if truly we are innocent. And this becomes an encouragement to us as we also take the second part of our lesson that says encouragement to repent. I would love to reread Ezekiel 18 verses 30 to 31. God decided to bring this passage to sum up what he has been saying previously about the reversal of the whole proverb. That no longer would it be, but each person will be punished for his sin. And the encouragement as the Lord is bringing to the Israelites is that they should live away from their evil ways. They should desist from sin. They should run away from whatever it is that will put them under the yoke or cage for punishment or for consequences of sin. And the abolition is that they should repent. They should desist from evil. 
And this is also demonstrating the covenant of love that the Lord is showing to us. The mercy of God that prevails even over judgment. Even while yet we were sinner, Christ died for us. Even while we know not what we are doing, the Lord is expecting that if we can turn away from our sin, whether we are conscious of it or not, if we can say no again to this life and we can receive the ground of obedience or the light that the Lord is laying ahead for us, the Lord will show us mercy. But if we are not, God is a just God who gives God judgment, who will always judge everyone according to our sins or according to our ways. Let me put it that way. Another very important thing we must understand here is that the attribute of God is patience. And God is waiting, waiting that we all turn away from our sin. We all turn to him in repentance. We all do things right so that we would not be found one thing to be judged for our sin. An emphasis to this lesson is that God has the power to reverse every negative utterance concerning us in as much as we can be found justified in God. The vindication will come to us as we need it is not for us now to begin to worry or cry around the fact that our father of somebody or someone around us is not right in his working with God or has done wickedly and then he deserves to be punished. Yes, that will be the result. But you, work well with God, do what is right and you will have no cause to face the sin that you know not of as consequence. I pray that the Lord will grant unto us the grace to continually live life as renewed as the Lord wants us to live it. There is this message coming also in this part of the lesson that we need to have a renewed heart and a renewed spirit. Until then, we will be able to walk to please the Lord. Until then, our life will be acceptable unto the Lord. This is what can prove us, pull us away from the consequences of sin that might be tied to our generation. And I pray as we do this, the Lord grant unto us grace in Jesus' name. We've come to the end of our lesson and praying that the Lord will release greater grace to us to run away from sin and so shall it be in Jesus' name. The mercy of the Lord speaks for us mightily. I'm wishing us all a glorious service ahead on Sunday. Bye, everyone.